When he was a little boy, we used to play a game at the fabric shop in town. He'd go off and hide in all the big, tall rolls of fabric. And then I'd try and find it. He loved it. I loved it. <laughs> but then this one day, I went to find him and he wasn't there. Looked everywhere. Not in the silks, not in the cottons. Ran into all the shops. Strangers were stopping to help me. Tears streaming down my face. What did you do? I gave up and went back to the car. But then... I heard someone laughing. I looked around. And there he was. Lying on the floor of the back seat, looking up at me, laughing. Laughing at my pain. Laughing like it was the funniest thing in the world. That's the trailer for Nitram. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. As a big admirer of their work, I'm thrilled to have director Justin Kurzel and writer Sean Grant join the Cinema Australia podcast to discuss their latest collaboration, Nitram. Nitram is a brilliant but highly disturbing film that will no doubt divide audiences. It depicts the events leading up to one of the darkest chapters in Australian history, the Port Arthur shootings. Kurzel and Grant have been making movies together since 2011 as director and writer respectively. Their first film, Snowtown, landed like a sledgehammer and marked the arrival of two extraordinary filmmaking talents. Nitram is their third collaboration following Snowtown and the provocative joyride that is true history of the Kelly Gang. Kurzel's filmography also includes Macbeth and Assassin's Creed, which both starred Michael Fassbender. He also directed a segment of one of my favourite Australian films, The Turning. Sean Grant's other writing credits include Berlin Syndrome, directed by Kate Shortland, Jasper Jones, directed by Rachel Perkins, an episode of the American television series Mindhunter, and another film released this year, and another one of my favourites, Penguin Bloom. We do go into some depth during this interview, and I understand that it may not be easy listening for everyone. We discuss the pair's thoughts on Port Arthur conspiracies, Justin's discussions with victims, and why they wanted to make a film about Martin Bryant. Kurzel and Grant also discuss their eagerness to see Nitram with an Australian audience and being knocked back by Screen Australia before going on to work with Stan and Madman to make the film. It's not all serious though, we do have a few laughs along the way, and I ask a question that gets quite a reaction. What happened to Sean Keenan's unbelievably cool cowboy cardigan from True History of the Kelly Gang? Nitram will open in select cinemas in South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales and Western Australia from September 30, before releasing on Stan in October. 
Before we get started, I thought I'd note that I do play a clip from Nitram halfway through this episode, so keep an ear out for that. Anyway, enjoy. Justin and Sean, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. Cheers. Thanks, Matthew. Um, congratulations on Nitram. Uh, I'll admit that I did question the necessity of this film uh, when it was first announced back in November last year. But having seen it now, I genuinely admire what you've accomplished here and I applaud your approach and, uh, and execution for this film. Uh, it's much more restrained than Snowtown. And although Snowtown is a great film, I, I found that I enjoyed Nitram uh, much more. So congratulations again. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had that reaction. <laughs> um, we find ourselves in unprecedented times at the moment. Uh, so for historical purposes, I'd love to know where I find you both at the moment and, uh, and how you're holding up with restrictions and lockdowns. Uh, Sean, we, we might start with you because you're in Melbourne, right? Yes, yes, I am. So I, uh, yeah, I was living in Los Angeles and um, COVID sort of brought me back last year and um, uh, unfortunately, I guess it, in some ways it brought me back to Melbourne because I know you're in Perth and, and Jazz can speak to where he is. But no, I'm uh, just in lockdown, though, as I do say for a writer, um, not too much has changed. Uh, you, you sit at your desk and you stare at a screen. So, um, But yes, I, I would like to, um, to have the freedoms of Perth and, and, and those other states very, very soon. Uh, do you find that you're writing more? Are you being forced to write more in this situation? It's uh, a good question. Um, I do look. I have been relatively busy, and 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 I have found myself writing more. Though also there is an element of uh, I'm a big believer in you need to live to be able to write and create art in general. I think if you rely on watching movies and television to create your inspiration, you'll in, in, inevitably just repeat something. Mm. Um, so there is an element that, that I would like to feel some inspiration by, by interacting with other humans in the not too distant future. So it's a bit of a, I've certainly got the time to write, but yeah, the inspiration can lack by, uh, by, uh, you know, 227 days in your house. Uh, Justin, how about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been in Tasmania sort of for, for most of this time in Hobart. Um, and it's been relatively kind of normal, um, apart from maybe doing some, you know, quarantines coming back into the state. But um, so yeah, we've been been very very fortunate um, compared to uh, others in Australia. Yeah, and so you're keeping creative uh, down there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been kind of quite quite amazing actually. I've been sort of very. Um, sort of inspired and it's been you know it's pretty extraordinary just to have some space mm. and and to have some sort of time to really sort of you know stop and think about things and you know I've been really fortunate to have spent uh, a whole lot of time with my family and mm. with my two daughters so um, that <clears throat> you know the sort of line of work I am in usually I'm off sort of filming somewhere else and I get to sort of unfortunately miss a big chunks of their lives so it's been pretty amazing kind of um reconnecting with them and you know being around being dad yeah I bet. um we're fortunate uh, we're fortunate to have cinemas open here in western australia uh, i missed the film at cinefest odds but i attended a media screening recently uh, and it was a packed cinema with a with a huge audience in attendance which was great have either of you managed to see nitrum with a with an audience yet in australia Justin, no. maybe we can start with you. No, no, no. I've uh, unfortunately not. It's been um, 
the only I've only seen Nitram once with an audience, and that yeah, we both fun. both of us, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a very COVID film. Yes. Uh, this film we <clears throat> we shot it <clears throat> in a bubble in Geelong and right at the sort of tail end of the sort of I think a second lockdown in Victoria. Um, it took us an enormous amount of effort to get to Cannes and you know we're very worried about even coming back getting back i think the day that we sort of booked the ticket was the the day that it was announced that you know they're going to cut 50 percent of the flights so so Khan was the first time that we actually watched it with an audience which was kind of quite nerve-wracking because uh, usually you get a few test runs before and um it was uh you know it, it, w- it was pretty amazing and um you know unfortunately we were coming back and getting ready for melbourne film festival where it had you know, four really important screenings that were all booked out. And, um, you know, we, unfortunately, you know, that, that festival was cancelled and then we all couldn't get over mm-hmm. for the screenings in Perth. Mm-hmm. So it's been very strange and and uh, quite sort of distant, um, but um, we're, we're also really um, looking forward to people sort of seeing the film. And there's obviously been a lot of discussion about, about the film mm-hmm. before people have seen it. So it's, um, you know, it, it's looking forward to suddenly um people having uh having seen it and experienced it its journey like this feels very much like this film though it was a, it was a there were challenges and obstacles from the get-go um but also that it was a film in some way written uh, to do with isolation and the and the, and the protagonists themselves and the, and the characters actually all all of them in their own way this and that was, and it was written before any pandemic, and yeah. and the fact that it's coming out during one when we've all learnt or trying to learn to deal with isolation, um, yeah, it, it's strange how things happen. I think it's it's kind of more relevant than than ever in that regard. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, I found my experience watching it with an audience to be quite an interesting one because uh, there were people were laughing during certain moments in the film. Uh, mainly Nitram's uh, dopier moments, if, if I could use that word. And it was a peculiar laugh because I think for a moment people forgot that this character was Martin Bryant and, and not a, a Will Farrell character or someone like that. Uh, Sean, I, I guess you never can tell how people will respond, uh, but does that surprise you? I mean, yes and no. I, I clearly remember the first time watching Snowtown with an audience where there wasn't a global pandemic and we could and it was at the Adelaide Film Festival and there was laughter during moments of that as well, particularly from people that were from the area. Mm. And I think there was an, they were okay with it. And when they let, you know, let it be okay, then others could in certain points. But, you know, you have to understand, you know, you're trying to look at characters through the fact that they are humans and there are there are good moments and bad moments and all of those things. And I think uh, that, that, that you can be excused in that. There's, there, there's nothing wrong. There should be nothing ashamed about how you respond to any artwork for that matter. Um, and if you choose to laugh in a moment, then that's totally your prerogative. And, and there is something about, you know, I was very determined to make the characters feel recognisable that they should feel like people that you have met or, or avoided or, or have known in your com- own communities. And that involves being scared of them at one moment. That may involve laughing at them at another. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly 
surprise, but I but I hundred percent know what you mean. It's yeah. you know, it, it, it's not a Will Ferrell film. Let me stress that. <laughs> um, but but that the, that there are some moments of levity. I also think that pays off just on a dramatical sense of you know you release the tension for a moment and then you you, you ramp it up. Yeah. Uh, Justin, do you have anything to add to that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess only that when I read the script, it was a recognisable and familiar world and, and I felt like I kind of, uh, I knew that family and I knew that person that, yeah, as Sean said, you sort of crossed the road with or that sort of strange person that sort of hung out, you know, in front of a school and, and you know, and I, and I think there are elements in the film, especially around when Nitram visits Helen and, the, you know, and she is a very... Um, uh, unusual character and, and, and some of those scenes are sort of two individuals sort of clumsily trying to connect with each other and you know it's sort of set amongst this sort of world of Gilbert and Sullivan songs and, um, and you know 20 dogs and 20 cats I mean there's something there that I can tell is it, it is unusual um, so but it was really important for us to allow an audience to just sit in a world and start to get to know the people in the world and especially this character and and then start to feel, you know, it was it was always for us, it was almost like a sort of, you know, a slow boil. You you kind of almost don't un, don't realize until it's almost too late that the temperature has sort of gone up and that this character has become unbelievably dangerous and and actually that's the moment that you fear them the most or you're uncertain about them the most that that, that he walks into that gun store and yes. you know, buys that sort of weaponry. Mm -hmm. And that was always the kind of DNA of the film, I think. Um, yeah. Um, why Martin Bryant? Um, well, I think the individual case to me was obviously being Australian. I mean, it was, it was our one, you know, in, in lots of ways. Um, and, and that's why it was sort of at the forefront of my mind. Um, and it was written uh, while I was living in Los Angeles, seeing, you know, a, a, a spate of them. And it was written out of frustration uh, and not being able to do anything about it. So I attempted to turn it into art. And my mind went back to that. And I think fundamentally why this story is important and resonates is because in the space of 12 days from the event to the changing of the gun legislation, I saw the best and worst of Australia. You know, I saw absolute evil. And then it really, in a strange way, culminates in what I consider to be the proudest day as an Australian I've ever lived. Um, and that's what we did was fundamentally an incredible achievement. Um, you know, bipartisan gun reform is not easy to do and for it to be done so quickly. I think, you know, you forget about America's Cups or Bledisloe wins or anything like that. That was the moment as an Australian I felt the proudest mm. and that could speak to it. So I was very conscious of going, you know, I think the, the great thing of history is if we look back at it, it can teach us lessons about, to, about now. And I wanted to have those lessons shown in a scripted narrative rather than another news report because more often than not, that's when it happens. And sadly, while I was writing NITRAM, Christchurch happened and Nova Scotia happened in Canada. And these changes started coming about only because of another case. And I was hopeful that maybe art could do that instead of a news broadcast. Mm -hmm. um, Justin, would you have been as keen on this project if, if Sean hadn't written it? 
Um, it's no, a I question. Think, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I, I, I think a lot of it, the, the tone of it and what it is, feels very much probably what we've what we've talked about and what we've discussed and what we've been exploring in cinema for quite some time. So I didn't know he was writing this, you know, <clears throat> it just arrived in my inbox. I had no idea. So it wasn't as if Sean said, I've got this idea and let's collaborate over it. And, you know, that it was, it was completely out of the blue. So I, you know, I was terrified of it, to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm, I live in Tassie or have for the last four years. I love this place. Um, it's one degree separation in Tassie. You, 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 you know, a lot of people and, 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 and obviously there's a lot of people that, you know, have been in our lives that were indirectly or directly affected by Port Arthur. So, um, I, you know, I read it with enormous caution and then decided to, to direct it, uh, with even more caution. Mm. Um, and I still, I'm sitting here talking to you, feeling incredibly cautious about it. So it's 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 something that we've been very forensic about, and we've questioned constantly, and we've felt uh, an enormous um, sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and we and we and we still do. You know, the last thing I want to do is bring trauma uh, or do something that's insensitive to you know an event that really did change this place forever. Mm -mm. That's interesting because when I published the announcement article for this film back in uh, November last year, uh, my posts on social media almost uh, immediately gave rise to conspiracy theorists uh, keen to spruik their theories and, you know, about this being, you know, potentially being a government set up and, and stuff like that. I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinions, but is that a concern for you? Is, is, is that one of those things that, that you're cautious about, uh, especially, you know, having met with victims? Well, it was more, you know, I think the film lays the blame firmly at the feet of the perpetrator. Mm. And you're right, I've never heard of, I don't think there's been a, a mass shooting case where there are conspiracy theories. Mm. It is foreign to this particular one. And, and um, yeah, so I was confident that, that at the very least the, 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 the piece of work would lay the blame where it should be laid. Mm. Um, Justin, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, I think those theories are deeply offensive. And um, I, um, yeah, I don't have too much to say about them other than they, I, I think those theories cause an enormous amount of pain uh, for, for many people. Um, but um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I, wasn't, I wasn't that aware of them, to be honest. But it's interesting when you sort of talk to people <clears throat> about, Port Arthur down here and even even meeting people uh you know and I and I have met you know individuals down here to talk about the film and 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 they wanted to meet to understand about what the film is probably their greatest relief mm -hmm. has been that it's not a conspiracy film yes. yes um so that's that's um you know I I I find those kind of conversations yeah yeah extremely offensive
with you? What is wrong with you? What's wrong with him? What's... He hates me. He doesn't hate you. Hey! He just cannot have his students playing with fireworks at lunchtime. Stop it! Uh, going back to people laughing during certain moments in the film, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, I'm wondering if you're worried about uh, people sympathising with uh, Nitram uh, because a major part of the film focuses on uh, the money that Helen left him and uh, the fact that he was sold uh, these guns without consequence. Uh, the sympathy may be enhanced by your decision not to show the the violence. Is, is that anything that you've thought about? You know, I don't think we ever wanted to 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 show the the. It was never. It was never a discussion that we had about showing the shootings. It was very clear that it was about the sort of lead up to it, to to that event. Um, you know, you you it's it's a really fine line. You're you're creating a, a world, and to us, it was always about it feeling familiar and recognisable, and that you could look at it and you go, "How many degrees of separation am I to this?" Mm. Um, and you are kind of dealing with you know, human beings in the, in, in the beginning of this story, you're dealing with a real family, you're dealing with real characters. And um, to us, it wasn't a, so much about an empathy and a sympathy. It was about it feeling familiar. Um, but I do feel it was important to us that that character evolved into someone, you know, and revealed themselves to be someone incredibly dangerous yes. and making horrific choices. Mm. So I think it is, there is a sort of clarity, uh, you know, towards the end that you're looking at an individual that is unbelievably dangerous and that dangerous individual suddenly is surrounded by a whole lot of weaponry that they were able to collect very, very quickly. And, and I think that um, that was always what we were wanting to focus on. I think there will be discussions about empathy and sympathy for us. It was always about trying to create something that people could feel that they recognize and that yes. they can have a, you know, that they can understand and, and, and then through that starts to, you know, allow you to kind of feel and see where these missteps are starting to happen, mm. you know, mm. where things are starting to fail. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the, the cast is obviously, it's incredible here. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a bit about working with uh, Caleb and preparing him for the role? Yeah, we, we, we met Caleb in Los Angeles and um, we sort of knew <clears throat> pretty instantly after meeting him that we wanted to work with him. I was really just trying to sort of work out how well he could do this accent, which is notoriously difficult, the Australian accent. Um, so he came out really early and he'd, be work he'd been working on the accent for probably about six months before we started and I think ended up watching a whole lot of kind of 90s television shows like, you know, Hey, had Saturday and, and, you know, neighbors and all sorts of things just to sort of hear people mm. from the nineties mm. speak. Cause it is actually quite different. Yes. Um, and then, you know, he had a strange time because he was, you know, he was two weeks in quarantine. Then he arrived in Geelong. Geelong was already sort of in lockdown. We were in a bubble at the Geelong conference center. He hardly saw people. He was sort of living in a pretty sort of isolated way for about sort of five or six weeks. And it was, you know, it, it did really sort of speak to what was going through and the isolation of the character in the film as well. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, we were very, uh, we were very lucky that he decided to do the film and his commitment was 
um, pretty obvious right from the beginning mm. and it needed that. It needed you to feel as though someone was living in that world yes. um, and, and, and as that character. Mm. Uh, Sean, uh, when, when you're writing a film that uh, Justin's going to direct, do you keep Essie in mind for a certain character? Because it's almost guaranteed she's going to get a role, right? Uh, yeah, well, she missed out in the first one. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's not a bad not a bad reason to have any, uh, Essie Davis in your film. That's but right. no, it certainly wasn't written with, you know, I very rarely write for, for an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly when you're doing true stories, you've got the characters you know so it's an amalgamation of imagination and mm. historical facts so uh no we were i'm just blessed that i mean s read it very early and and uh, i think justin leans on her opinion a lot yes. when making decisions as to what he directs and i th- and i must thank her for saying this was pretty bloody good this script <laughs> and, and 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 uh, and and she said that without going by the way elbowing and saying oh, oh there could be a role for me yeah. she just yeah. responded to the material mm. um and could see what i was trying to achieve with it and uh and then yeah we were, we were blessed you know in terms of um finding not only essie but obviously anthony and judy yeah. um you know we've got three of the best actors in the country in the one film so yeah i was very fortunate well i think it's actually worth mentioning uh, sean keenan there too because Mm -hmm. in my opinion he's arguably you know one of australia's greatest actors and uh, you know he's he's slightly underrated as well i wish he was getting more attention uh can you tell us about uh, justin can you tell us about working with sean uh you know so soon after working with him in uh, true history of the kelly gang yeah i love sean he's just amazing and you know, was doing us a favour in a way with this film, you know, to come in and play what is an unbelievably important character yeah. um, in, in the film, but it's not a huge amount of screen time. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for, for actors that sort of, you know, put an ego aside and kind of go, look, I don't care what the role is, this is important and I want to kind of come and work with mm. you. And, and Sean's one of those. I, I think his performance in True History of the Kelly Gang is one of my favourite performances. So good. And, and he was just a joy to work with. And, you know, that stays. Like, we you know, when Sean and I think about the people that we want to work with, there aren't many that we sort of go, yes, straight away. And Sean is that person. And, yeah. and, I, and I actually really hope in the future that there's a project that comes along where, you know, I can work with Sean, you know, in the lead role yeah. um, because he's... Um, He's a stunning actor, and he's just just keeps on getting better and better. And you know, yeah, as as you said, you you know, he's um, you know, he's really amazing in the film, and Mm. he's only there. It's hard to you know when you poor Sean, he comes into a world that's already been sort of a bubble, and everyone knows each other, and you know, those other four actors have done most of their work, and. He comes into it and, you know, and you've got this method actor being Caleb Landry-Jones who, you know, kind of if his character doesn't like another character, he's not exactly that friendly <laughs> around that actor. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, poor Sean, he sort of walks into this travelling, tra- you know, family mm-hmm. that, you know, he knows no one and then sort of 
goes out, you know, two three days later. So it's really hard um, that he was a, he was he was a gem. I want his uh, cardi- cardigan that he wears in True History of the Kelly oh, Gang, the cowboy cardigan. You and me That's both, awesome. mate. You and me both. I loved it. And I don't Where is know. that prop? Is I don't that, know. I asked maybe? Alice Babbage yeah. on multiple occasions. I loved it. I know Sean doesn't <laughs> have it because I asked him. Acme. It's where? I actually think it's at Acme. I think that there's, a, oh. there's the armour and some of the dresses and I think Alice actually put as part of the exhibition the cardigan. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I've got a few more, uh, two more questions here. Um, Cinema Australia has given me this opportunity to work with a lot of young filmmakers and uh, and to support their their careers and you know nurture their growth. So for, excuse me for a moment while I ask a few industry specific questions here. But um, am I correct that Screen Australia uh, this was made without the support of Screen Australia? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's an incredible feat in itself. Uh, um, was it a matter of the film being presented to Screen Australia and they knocked it back or, or were they never approached? No, it was knocked back by the, the board at Screen Australia and also the board at Film Victoria. Wow. Um, as deemed, you know, the... the, uh, well, the subject matter. The subject matter know. was uh, too, um, yeah, too controversial. You, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was... Um, it was unfortunate, you know. We 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 sort of felt as though we weren't being trusted to uh, with this subject matter, and um, you know, it's uh, it was it was a it was a bit of a blow. But we we sort of felt that you know, fortunately, um, Stan became involved, and uh, we we ended up getting a couple other partners, and and we're able to sort of find a way through budget and schedule to to be able to sort of make it in a way. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Stan is rapidly becoming, you know, this unofficial streaming service home of Australian cinema. How important is it to have uh, outlets like Stan who are willing to take risks on something like this? This could be opening up a whole new world here. Well, I think it's really important, you know, that, that there are, you know, there are fewer distributors. I mean, we're really lucky. We've got the most amazing distributor in Madman who have been involved in Sean and my films for some time and courageous and bold and they're, they're brilliant, you know. And um, in Australia, though, there are many more film distributors that that are not around, you know, anymore. So, you know, it's not someone like Stan who's sort of, you know, have shown real interest in independent cinema and, you know, doing doing some sort of, uh, you know, some bolder stuff, there, there is an avenue there, um, you know, which is probably replacing five other distributors that were were in australia um you know 10 years ago so um we couldn't have made it without them we couldn't have made it without madman and we couldn't have made it without myth um their their premier fund and, and also uh, wild bunch the um the the sales agent so it was a very tight knit group of people but i've got to say all of those people i um you know, have a big thank you to because they stayed very strong with the film and, and at times where it could have been very easy to abandon it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, did you want to add anything to that? No, no, I think I think just summed it up pretty well. I think, um, you know, it, it was uh, unfortunate. Um, I've been blessed to be uh, multiple, multiple projects supported through um, state and federal agencies. Um, this just didn't happen to be the one yeah. um, for whatever reason. And, uh, 
um, yeah, you know, I'm just so grateful for those other people that Jazz has already listed. I have uh, one final question here, and I finish most of my interviews with this question. Uh, do you both keep up to date with with Australian films and what's being released? And uh, and have you seen anything lately that that stood out to you? And Justin, yep. you're not allowed to say Penguin Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's watched it. Uh, yeah, can I, I say? Penguin? I haven't actually. I'm trying, that's a good question. You've, you've got me on the spot there. I mean, you no, know, well, what? you'll be surprised by how many how many Australian filmmakers say to me, mm, "No, actually, I haven't seen anything lately. It's been years." Well, no, I'm. I'm I mean, just we, we watch quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm pretty particular in watching everything. In fact, to the point where I'll watch an episode or two of every Australian television show, mm. and I'm a, a, a an actor member, which allows me to. Yes. Um, so I'd, I'll put a spruik in for them. But um, so, yeah, I've been watching a lot of television lately. I think this year has been really tricky because a lot of things have been held back. Yes. Um, so uh, I haven't had an opportunity to, but I've watched a lot of really good Australian <laughs> television at the moment, uh, be it The End or Newsreader, um, that's, that's really caught my attention. But the last film that's been sort of out I, I do know i'm screening the actor is screening the power of the dog on wednesday yes. which i'll be yeah. which i'll be watching yeah. um but you know i mean there, there's so much good stuff around yeah um, justin anything for you yeah I'm, i've been really into sort of documentaries at the moment australian documentaries so i um one of my favorites was girls can't surf oh um, yes so good that's um i just think it's an absolute winner yeah. Um, so fantastic and then I've just seen this film uh, that not many people know about called The Healing by a uh, great Australian director and actor Nick Barkler mm. and uh, which is about rehabilitate people becoming re rehabilitated after um, experiences in war mm. and suffering from kind of post-traumatic stress through rehabilitating wild horses right wow in australia and it's a stunning stunning doco it's about sort of 50 55 minutes and nick's done it all on his own and extraordinary people in this and and um yeah an amazing amazing film so i'm not sure who he's got to distribute it at the moment um but um it, 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 that that was a real sort of standout as well as some um, girls can't surf Oh, great, guys. You've, you've given fantastic answers there. Usually I'm very disappointed when asked that question and a lot of Australian filmmakers just simply don't, you know, seek out other Australian films to watch. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Um, well, our time is up and I, I, I could talk to you guys about this film, you know, all day, but um, I really appreciate you taking the time to join the Cinema Australia podcast and uh, congratulations on the film again. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.